there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of your favorite travel podcast, Travel and Shit. Right, your host, D. Carey, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. Now, first of all, let me just start with saying thank you to those of you who have been taking my listener survey. Um, greatly appreciate you guys. And for those of you that have not, what are you waiting for? I have a link in the description box and the survey lets me get to know you guys better so that I can secure, um, collaborations, partnerships, sponsors that will absolutely be of service to you. Uh, actually having an better understanding of my audience um, allows me to make sure that I am communicating what and who is actually listening to other brands, partnerships, and um, creators, if you will, so that I can make sure that uh, we are in alignment because I know one thing, I know what travel and shit is, but I also want to make sure that I am adequately and accurately reflecting my audience. So there's that. Thank you to those of you who have taken it already. And I would love if more of you would continue to do so as well. Um, as well as liking and subscribing to the podcast on whatever platform that you do listen to it on because the, what do you call them? Um, reviews and subscribers and liking all that jazz allows the platform to see that you are listening to the show and that you actually care about the show and its content so that it can spread the message to others. So I would greatly appreciate you guys' help on that. Now, this week I'm diving all the way in because I already see that this has potential to be a rabbit hole episode, but got my outline here. So I'm going to try not to do that. And while the, like, so I have an initial topic and then of course I got very D about it and that led me in other places. However, I'm going to note that this may be possibly a two-parter because for this week, I'm talking about nations that don't exist. I don't know how the fuck I came across it. I don't know if I was just randomly Googling things or um, if I was reading one thing and there was a link to something else, but somehow I came across an article about Transnistria. Now I, for the life of me, don't know if I am pronouncing that correctly, Um, but it happens to be a nation that doesn't technically exist. So it sits on, it sits between Moldova and Ukraine. It was initially part of Moldova, but I want to say in like 92, they was like, we're good. Uh, We no longer are. So let's do the easy part and just read the truncated description so that I don't spend 10 minutes paraphrasing something that's going to take me 30 seconds to read. Okay. So the separatist region of Transnistria, a narrow strip of land between the, I want to say Nicer is how I pronounce it, but there's, it's spelled D-N-I-E-S-T-E-R. So I'm going to assume that the D is silent and just say Nicer. So that's what we're going to call it here. 
So uh, now sure of land between the Nystad River and the Ukrainian border broke away from Moldova after a brief war in 92. So I was right about that. The international community does not recognize its self-declared statehood and the de facto government. They've got their own passport. They've got their own currency, all that jazz. And the article that I came across was basically uh, discussing a celebration that people were having at the country in the nation. I won't say the country air quotes here. Um, but they were having some kind of, uh, independent celebration or some shit like that. And they were wearing traditional garb. And then that was like little flag in my mind. Well, like what is your garb tradition of if you like became a thing in like 92 you know what i mean like so like what is tradition for you is it moldovian or moldovian is a tradition of moldova since that's what nation you were a part of so i didn't get that answered i didn't get those questions answered but um let me finish what I was reading. Uh, the international community does not recognize its self-declared statehood and the de facto government, which remains in a tense standoff with Mal- Moldova, is economically, politically, and militarily supported by Russia. So, um, okay, yeah, a referendum on independence in September 2006, not recognized by Mal- not recognized by Moldova or the international community, saw the territory reassert its demand for independence and vote in support of ensuing a union a union with Russia. I don't know how that plays out, like asserting your independence, but then supporting a, a gradual union with Russia. Like, are you independent if you're part of Russia? Uh, geopolitics, not my thing. I, um, again, but that is, again, where I guess the pin would go, uh, an episode on like geopolitics and like other nations, because of course, then I was just like, well, how many nations are there that aren't recognized? And spoiler, couldn't really get a definitive number because it's one of those things where ensuing conflicts, new conflicts, reignited old conflicts there are so many factors that can determine whether or not and then also what is what counts you as being recognized right and i want to say the un is the body that most people can fairly say if the un recognizes you as a nation then you're good but there were a bunch of different articles with little pieces of information that didn't necessarily, um, you know, alleviate confusion for me, if you will. So I decided to do like a bigger kind of more fun, let's not make this stressful kind of sifting and sorting. So that's an episode that I was like saying, let's put a pin in it because I can really see that being I'm fucking interested. My interest was Pete. So I want to do more research on that. But the idea of nations that don't exist, of course, got me to thinking, well, what about nations in the media? What about movies, shows, all the the different implications of not actually existing, um, the different ways that my mind was going? So... Why do movies make up 
nations? Why do they make up locales that don't exist? Why not just give it an actual title, right? Like, why not just say, well, uh, blah, 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 something, something happened in Russia, even if that's not what, you know, they really want it to, um, want it to be per se. But essentially, there was another article. Again, as always, these are going to be included in the description box. I'm going to include the two articles that I found on Transnistria because interesting for me at least. And then I had come across, I don't know where, cause you know how you start reading one article and then you see a link to something else and then you click on that. And then seven articles later, you're like, oh my God, so this was interesting too. And it kind of relates back to the first article you read. That's essentially what happened. But in reading about Transnestria and nations that don't exist, there was another article that was discussing why do movies and shows even bother creating uh, fantastical places that don't exist. And duh, it's so that the actual country or not the actual country implying that the countries that they make up are supposed to be uh, not mirrors, but they're supposed to represent an actual established country. Now, that's like, I guess you would, uh, you would say an implied piece of information, right? So you can kind of understand from the name of the country where geographically it may be located, what type of region. Um, like I know that there are certain, and then also they'll often say the, let's just say, uh, what was the name of it? They used 24 and they used scandal in the article that I found. It's a video. It's actually like three and a half minutes long. Easy watch. That's going to the not the video, but the link to the video um, is going to be in the description. But they were mentioning that scandal and 24 were two television shows that use made up countries and they basically do it for what you would expect so that the actual country, the niggas don't get mad. You don't want an embassy or the official government of, um, a nation emailing or, you know, contacting your showrunner, your producers and letting the people creating the show know y'all doing too much, or you're implying these, um, false narratives or you're depicting us in an unfavorable light. So essentially, uh, they, in the article spoke to one of the guys that I don't know if he was the, a writer or the creator of, um, 24. And I think the nation that he created was Cami something. And basically he said he named it that because his wife's name is Cami. So he basically named the country after her, but uh, paraphrasing his words, it was to not invite unfavorable comparison and create international incidents. Quite obvious. Um, countries actually care how they're portrayed and embassies and governments will write letters and voice concerns with um, misrepresentations that are, I won't say proliferated, but that are depicted in shows and movies. So essentially you're going to create a planet stand I'm looking at a plan. You might say, you know, a war ensued in Planistan in a movie that you are creating about a zombie apocalypse. And you'll call it Planistan because you don't want to say Afghanistan or you don't want to say, um, I don't know, another country or 
some place that actually exists because people are people. We all know people are fucking dumb in a lot of cases. And the last thing you want to do is have um, a population that is now really like into your show or into your movie and into your storyline. And that all of a sudden becomes what the rhetoric of uh, an actual existing destination is. It's kind of like when people cannot separate the character from the actor. You don't want to have that happen like real life. And, you know, a couple, these things have real life implications essentially. And it is for, you know, pretty fucking good reason. And it makes sense that you wouldn't want to, I know one of the examples they gave was, oh, what's the name of the place? I don't remember what the show was, but I want to say, um, it's right here, Philippines. I think one of the shows that they had used in the video, um, used an actor to depict like the president of the Philippines or some shit like that. And they ended up not fucking with it. They was just like, "Mm, not really the biggest fan. And they ended up contacting the show about that depiction and the representation of their country in the show. So we already know people blur that line between fiction and reality. And with that, that brings me to my next point. I and um, boyfriend were watching the movies that made us on Netflix. I recommend it. We haven't finished, but I know in particular the episode about um, Forrest Gump stands out. I think the last one we started watching was the one on Ghostbusters. Uh, What other episodes were there? Ghostbusters, Forrest Gump. I don't know if there's an episode about Jaws or if that was in VOIR, V-O-I-R, not N-O-I-R. But there's also a show on Netflix called Voir, which we did get into. Those are mostly, um, I guess you could say, video essays that just detail or note the significance of certain movies to whomever wrote or created the essay, if you will, uh, for that episode. So two separate shows, Voir and the movies that made us. Voir is more user-generated. It's about um, whomever the creator of that piece is using the medium to get into something of significance to them. That was good. Separately, the movies that made us, though, did a lot of digging and giving information. Oh, there was Grease. There was 48 Hours. There was a 48 Hours episode. So it was really good. And what the show basically does is um, behind the scenes, but like interesting tidbits of little known facts and shit, like production mishaps. Uh, the struggle to actually make the movie, the battle between different production companies in actually securing the script, going through seven different main actors before really 
dialing back and selecting a main character. Like it's really, really fucking interesting. And it gives a lot of back information about some of like the huge, huge movies in American culture, American um, film culture and chef's kiss. Really enjoy it. Um, And it also, I think very deservedly brings a little more light to the producers and the directors and you know the people behind the scenes that aren't your main characters and your um familiar faces the people that you know and associate with the movie so i can like the uh the people that write the scores the people that um do the location scouting it talks to a lot of those people, like the actual people that did that work on these films and allows them to give their input and really tell you like the amount of efforts and energies that they put into making the movies that we love actually happen. So clearly highly recommend. So that kind of got me into the, the, the space of like, well, damn, a lot of movies are said to have been filmed in one place, but actually filmed someplace else. And it then got me thinking to, well, what kinds of films have I watched that got me inspired to go to different places? So I know that I had to dig around and do a bit of the Googling, but it was made of honor. What is that nigga name? Um, some white guy, as in most movies. Let me um Google this man's name. Maid of Honor. Oh, that was it. H O N O R. His name is Patrick Dempsey. There we go. And it's got Michelle Moynihan, uh, Kevin McKidd, Kadeen Hart. Oh, he was in that Kadeen Hart or something. Hmm, I remember that man. Well, I know that that movie made me want to go to Scotland because of the scenery. Like when they shot a lot of the wedding scenes, like the on location for the wedding. So essentially the movie is about a man and a woman and the woman ends up getting engaged and asks her best friend. The woman was Moynihan. Yeah. Michelle Moynihan. And she ends up asking her best friend, Patrick Dempsey to be her, maid of honor like the man of honor if you will and it turns out that that nigga actually loves her so uh, you know oh i'm in love with my best friend kind of thing oh my gosh but she's getting married to somebody else i love a good rom-com and 90s early 2000s perfect era made in manhattan um 10 things i hate about you how to lose guy in 10 days my jams okay so that is one of the movies that made me really appreciate the scenery, right? I saw it and was like, I want to see that for myself. That looks beautiful. I would love to visit a castle. Do these places really exist? Are they accessible? Like I didn't go that far into it then when I was watching the movie, but it was like, oh my God, I would love to visit a castle. Wow, Scotland looks incredible. You know where else I'd want to go? Fucking Ireland. 
What was that damn movie? I can't remember it. But there was another movie where there were like, there was another rom-com, I'm certain. And she ended up going to, I want to say it was Ireland or something. And part of, uh, y'all, don't hold me to it, but there are quite some, there are really some incredible, incredibly just beautiful, gorgeous visuals in a lot of the movies that we love. And I'm imagining what some of you may be thinking and I'm getting there. But Maid of Honor was one of the movies that came to mind that I can very vividly remember having me think I want to go there. And another one is Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman is one of my favorite movies. I'd say probably top five. It's one of those movies that whenever it comes on, I'm going to leave it on that channel or I'm going to leave it on and just watch it from wherever it is. Um, Pretty Woman made me want to visit Rodeo Drive. I'm not even a shopper. However, I love the movie. So I wanted to see where one of my favorite movies happened. I wanted to be in the area, say that I, you know, walked up the street and won't say did the same thing. But I know that it was in the back of my mind when I did visit LA and I was thinking, damn, maybe I'll just buy like, I don't know, like a Louis keychain or like a Chanel like scarf, like something just, I'm like, what could I possibly fucking afford on Rodeo Drive? I don't have wild bread, so... It ain't nothing crazy, but I figured, all right, well, I want to go to Rodeo Drive and I want to buy something from Rodeo Drive because I love the fucking movie. So there are, I'm hoping that you can think of some movies that elicit the desire to visit a certain destination for you because you enjoyed the story or you enjoyed the narrative, you enjoyed the characters, the way it made you feel, all of that jazz. I know that when I went to Thailand, I wanted to visit the island uh, Fifi because they shot that movie, The Beach, there. I'm trying to remember if I even sat through all the beach, but I know that they had filmed a good portion of that movie at that beach and it all of a sudden was now accessible to me. And I absolutely wanted to go. However, if you remember a past episode when I mentioned my trip to Thailand, jet lag hit, that shit hit really fucking hard. And so I slept for like a day and a half. And so I missed the most opportune window for me to go to Fifi. So I ended up not being able to see it. But it's one of those locations that has been made popular by a movie. It's something like um, Cambodia for Tomb Raider. It's um, Petra for Indiana Jones. I, however, many, not really funny for me, but a little anecdote about Petra. So I was in Tel Aviv in, I want to say, 2018. And there was a day trip that I could have taken to Petra. And it was also going to go to the Dead Sea. 
and I was freezing in my bed in Tel Aviv while I was looking through the different excursions and I'm like, oh, it's cold here. Is the weather cold there? And so then I checked the weather and I'm like, oh, am I raining? Do I really want to visit the Dead Sea? And it's not going to be really nice. And well, what happens in Petra? Do I really care about Petra? Do I want to go see? Long the short, Loki kind of regret not going just to, you know, because even though sometimes the actual literal destination doesn't really do it for you. You see a lot of incredible shit on the drive to these when you do like um, day trips and stuff uh, abroad. That's one of the things that I have absolutely enjoyed. It's kind of like, again, the nuance, right? You can have a road trip to wherever and absolutely miss the route. Like it always blows my mind when people sleep through the ride uh, from say the airport to wherever location you're staying if you take the train or if you take the bus. There's so much to be seen about a location in the commute. It's, you would assume new to you. Um, To me, it is. I have much... I won't, I'd say about midway through my travel experiences, I started really trying to take buses and trains from the airport, one, because it's cheaper, but two, because you absolutely get to see so, so much of the terrain of a nation. You can also see it in a taxi ride, like let's not front like they ain't windows in a fucking car. However... I think that a lot of times the opportunity is lost when you're going to end up in a taxi probably at some other point on your trip and you can really, really save money because you're going to get a street view at some point. On your, it's more than likely that you're going to get a street view at some point. If you've got the opportunity to take a train, trains often traverse through areas that you're not going to be able to drive through. And I've seen some really, really incredible scenery that way. Um, buses are going to take the same routes that a car is going to take. However, if you are doing, say, like a day trip, a lot of times your bus will take a route that specifically includes um scenery and things of note that they will point out and discuss and talk about and explain to you why you're on the bus. That's one of those reasons why I personally don't really like sleeping through those. I will close my eyes and motherfucking nap, but I do really like trying to be um, alert through at least the first half of it. On the way back, it's usually dark depending on what kind of trip you're doing and you don't really see as much. Um, but that's just my little piece of two cents that don't want to say pay attention to stuff, but definitely, um, take it, take advantage of the ability to see so much more of an area by paying attention during your commuting time. Right. Um, that being said, what else did I have here? There, oh, also There's also like a market for tours and movie destinations, if you will, or no, scenes, like I'm trying to 
make it make sense. Like if, say for example, a film was shot in a location, there are walking tours that will hit, like for example, if you watch Insecure, haven't watched it yet, one of those things, back of my mind. We're going to get around to it now that it's finished. Spoil, uh, not spoil, uh, thing about me that you may not know, I do not really enjoy watching shows that are currently in production just because for me, it is a bit much to commit to. I love endings. Like I don't like waiting for the next season. I don't like waiting for the next episode. And if it's one of those things, like look at Atlanta. How many years has it been since the last season, right? Is there, is it even really coming back? Did they change their mind? We don't fucking know. So I would prefer to wait until it's completely done so that I can watch it start to finish. If I had started watching it, I would have absolutely no clue what I watched at the end of last season. And then you wait a year, even if it only wait like six weeks for like that winter break or whatever, I end up forgetting what the fuck I watched. So I personally don't like watching things in production because I can't commit to the same time every week. And I don't like waiting for the next season because by the time the next season comes out, I've already forgotten what happened last season. And now I need a refresher. I like the details. I like paying attention to details and stories. That's how I enjoy consuming my television and movie. Well, obviously movies, but that's how I enjoy consuming my television. I enjoy the details. Unless it's something mundane like Golden Girls where I'll just rewatch the same episode. You just put something on in the background. Um, same thing with like Living Single. Uh, there are certain shows that I have completely restarted front to all the way to the end. I'm currently in the middle, not in the middle, I'm towards the end. I think I'm at the end of season 13 of like Supernatural. That's like one of my favorite shows. I've watched the first probably 12 seasons four, four times, maybe five. Um, I just fuck with the show. Really enjoy it. I love all things occult. That, um, wasn't about this episode. However, another one on the way. Wink, wink. Um, some things that I have like a little bit of an idea, but then I see how great they can be. So I hold on to them so that I can really, um, get you guys really great guests, um, on the related topic and, or so that I can do more digging around and um, research to get questions that I have about the topic answered so that I can share that with you guys. But um, back to the movies. So there are also, well, not also, but tying the two ideas together, the we're making up a fake nation and the wow, this movie has me wanting to go here. Gang, gang. Movies that have destinations or worlds that I personally would want to visit that aren't exactly real. So I already said, want to go to Scotland, um, not made of Manhattan, uh, made of honor. I want to, I wanted to visit Rodeo Drive. I actually don't think I even went to Rodeo Drive when I was in LA. I was only in LA for like two full days, maybe three nights or something like that. And I had a pretty, I had a lot, I, I did a bunch of shit. Like I ended up doing um helicopter ride, uh, went to Roscoe's. My 
host took me to a couple of, um, he actually did take me to one of the hotels. I think they filmed somebody's movie at, which was relatively interesting. Um, I love good. I love ceilings. I've seen some incredible ceilings in beautiful, beautiful, beautiful buildings in a lot of different locations. One of my favorite ceilings was in Casablanca. The post office was like a museum. It was absolutely incredible. And the ceiling was one of my favorite pieces of that building. I assume there's way more than one post office in Casablanca, but whichever one my host brought me to, I want to say it used to be something else, maybe like an old bank or it, 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 you would think that that post office was a fucking church. That's how ornate it was. It was gorgeous. And I really, 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 really enjoy ornate and decorative ceilings. So, um, pretty woman, maid of honor. Uh, then, oh, eat, pray, love. So I ended up doing, so in the book, I, which I could not get through, I kept starting it and just lost interest. And I said that I wanted to read the book before I watched the movie because the book is always better than the movie. So I'm pretty sure I got the book someplace between my house and my parents' house, but maybe one of these days I'll pick it up for research purposes and see what all hot shit she was talking about in there. But I know that the places that she visited in the book were Italy, India, and Indonesia. Of the three, the only one I haven't visited was is India. That's on my medium list, not necessarily the short list, not necessarily the long list, but on my medium list of places that I'm interested in visiting. But I would love to do India the long way. Like I would love to do the different regions for maybe like a couple of days at a time. Like I would want to do like a full month in India because it's so freaking huge. Um, and I remember I had a coworker that really opened my eyes to India and was just like, yo, there are, everything is there. Like the North is one way, West is another, South, East. They're all really well known for different topographical, um, you know, features in each region. And I think we spent like an hour just like Googling pictures and he was pointing things out. So India is absolutely someplace that's on my short li- medium list of places to go. But I also am not interested in doing India solo. So I always, before boyfriend said I would drag my brother with me. But um, at this point, whichever one of them niggas, my man or my brother, one of them will come with me. Um, because that's not some place that I uh, feel comfortable traveling to um, and around solo as a woman. Uh, so Italy, however, I I only did Rome, so I can't speak to all of Italy. I enjoyed Rome, but I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I could have. And part of that was because there was no real um, significance to the places that I visited outside of visiting them to say I visited them, right? Um, Trevi Fountain, it was cool, but I didn't know any history of it. There was It was of no importance to me other than a very popular tourist destination that I went to see. It's nice, cool. Parthenon, this shit is tiny. I 
thought it would be much bigger than that. And these are all things that you spend all these weeks and months learning about through different classes throughout your early elementary through high school experience. And I didn't retain, uh, I didn't retain much from any of that. Um, the, uh, what's the other place? The Coliseum. It's huge. It's cool. Uh, that was a little more interesting to me because I was a little more familiar with the history of the Coliseum, not all of it. Um, but I, knew that they had, you know, all of the gladiator fights and all that shit or whatever. So it was just like, okay, that's cool. But it ain't like it's necessarily my history. So it was just like, I seen it. Cool. Never watched the movie gladiator. At least I don't think I've seen gladiator. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, seeing a movie again can make you a little more intrigued with an area or make you more willing to visit. Um, a destination and it wasn't really that for me but otherwise I enjoyed Rome because it was very walkable I was able to walk everywhere and I enjoy a good walk so I enjoyed it for that I stayed in Trastevere I want to say I don't know if I'm pronouncing it appropriately but that's the city in Rome or the town I guess I stayed in in Rome and great time um, Indonesia, I did Bali and I stayed in Ubud and completely enjoyed it. And I will also say that knowing what that, knowing that, damn, wait, which one was it? I think she, Eat was Italy, Pray, I want to say was India. And I guess love would have been in Ubu, but I don't know the context because like I said, I ain't watched the movie nor read the book. Um, but I will say that I understood the sentiment that was expressed with the story. And I held that with me while going to Ubud. Like I was thinking that I was, and then also from seeing other people's experiences, black women in particular, because I'm, that's what I'm interested in. Um, seeing other people's experiences. And I think I discussed this with Marissa. I think she's episode like 117 around there, 116, between 114 and 117 or so. Um, her trip to Indonesia, she visited a couple different places, not just Ubud, but seeing her Bali trip really had me like, wow, I want a similar experience, if you will. I don't ever need the same thing as anybody else, but the sentiment and the peace and the refreshment that the tone, that's the tone that I received from reading her blog posts about the visit and from, you know, the photos that she shared. And I wanted a similar experience and that's what I was anticipating getting from Ubu because of the tone of the book and the movie, as well as seeing what it did for other people. And that's not what I got from Bali at all. Wasn't the case. I loved my stay in Bali. I had a great fucking time, but 
I went into it with one idea and came back with something else. And what I came back with with was perfectly fine. I had a good ass fucking time in Bali. Um, I could have enjoyed, say, more sun, uh, like water, beach. But I did get, um, yeah, I didn't really get too much beach activity, but I did try to do the uh, swim with the mantas and I got some really good snorkeling out there. So snorkeling in Bali was a good fucking time. Um, but I didn't get the whole layout on the beach and, you know, kind of tan, just have some drinks, good food kind of thing. That wasn't my Bali experience, but I had a good fucking time. So there are also some movies that have made up places that me d would be interested in visiting first foremost primary top of mind also one of my favorite movies is guava island with um newly pregnant rihanna congratulations um and donald glover fucking love the movie it's the music for me. Well, not just the music. The in it's kind of like a long music video, but like with a really good story. It's exquisite. If you have not watched it, it's probably only 45 minutes long. It is a really great story. The music Childish Gambino, y'all. Donald Glover. So music is wild. Um beautiful colors, beautiful costumes. It is actually filmed in Havana, Cuba, but the movie is set like in a hodgepodge of blackness, if you will. I, for the life of me, and I even remember reading an article about this um, probably a few years ago. Guava Island is the actual name of the location right and it's i don't think it's referred to as anything else like i don't think that guava island is like the name for another country if that makes sense like it's guava island like that's where they're staying that's the name of the country or the name of the region the nation whatever where they're staying and it doesn't like it's you know how Bali is a city in Indonesia. Guava Island isn't like the the country is Guava Island, but it's inconsequential. I'm rabbit holing there. But there is no like regional accent in the movie. When you listen to different characters speak, they all have different accents. And it is trippy and really fucking beautiful at the same time. It's like a hodgepodge of blackness from different places. Like you may hear, um, like you're listening, you're listening, you're listening, and you're like, okay, this sounds like this may be like a Spanish Caribbean island. And then you're listening and you're listening and you're listening and then you're like, hmm, okay. So am I getting Guyana? Am I getting Trinidad? Am I getting like, I love that movie for the ways that like so much is just brought into the story. So that's, and it's just 
beautiful setting. Like, now mind you, they are somewhat of a communist nation. So the people aren't exactly the happiest in some portions of the movie. So that's not what I mean when I say like, I want to visit, but just the whole blackity black ass blackness of it all is beautiful and intriguing to me. And that's why I personally would love to visit Guava Island. To me, it's just one of those fantastical, beautiful amalgamations of black folks. And I personally am here for that. Um, so then of course it follows fucking black Panther Wakanda because black royalty that's like enough there. But the, then if that were the case, if it were just about black royalty, then it would be like, uh, Zamunda also coming to America. Right. Who doesn't want to see black Kings, black Queens, just black opulence. We live in, in palaces and we are just magnificent, beautiful and dress well. Wakanda is of more interest to me because of the advanced nature of the civilization there, the technology, the science, the access to information. Um, Shuri and her lab, just like the the way they all seem to just really not just because there's one on one hand, it's kind of like, yeah, we have technological shit but it also for me it also gave the impression that like everybody was with the shit it wasn't like anybody was left behind it was an entire nation of like advanced and developed peoples um in terms of mind and might because you had i what were they called um the women warriors um menagerie not not the menagerie but the menagerie you don't don't have me fucking it up but the strength in not just being you know physical warriors but also mental warriors like it just the whole wakanda forever y'all wakanda forever y'all already know so those two as well as what i have here um harry potter so I've never read the book. I think I saw maybe like the first two movies or so. And the only, and so I'm not like a big Harry Potter fan or anything of the sort, but what I will say is like I mentioned before, when I was telling y'all about supernatural, I love all things occult. I have always believed in magic. Magic is absolutely real. Um, and I would love, love to visit a magical ass world. And of course, Harry Potter was the one that came to mind because huge franchise and it's fucking everywhere. Even when you don't even really think it is, you'll end up running into someone. Oh, I, what was I watching? It, there's a, I think it's a reel or something. It's a young woman, black, that is um, like... I. Like not cosplaying, but she's uh, like her video is about what the black teacher at Hogwarts would be like. Another tangent: Abbott Elementary, mad good, 
mad, mad, mad fucking good. I was quite surprised to see my friend on the show. Shout out to Nate, upcoming guest. So if you have any questions about um, moving around the country to follow your dreams, if you will. Um, she also, so Nate played the mother of the student that dropped her son off to school late. And then he ended up running into her character at the nail salon with Cheryl Lee Ralph. That's who Nate is. If you watch Abbott Elementary, she's going to be on an episode shortly, but she was also, she also plays, I want to say the character's name is Shone or Sean Sean or something. I don't know. Cause I don't, it's snowfall. Um, but I don't watch it because like I mentioned earlier, start to finish. Like I like watching everything in totality. I don't like waiting for new seasons. I do not like waiting for new episodes. I personally, there is more than enough content for me to just be able to watch it that is in production. And I kind of contradicted myself by saying I watch Abbott Elementary, but every once in a while I do give in. And that's another re- Every once in a while I give in. There's maybe three or four shows, Law and Order, SVU, Organized Crime, Abbott Elementary, P-Valley. I'm already stressed because I'm, we're like a year out from the last season. Um, but yeah, that's really it that I watch that is still in production that I can think of off dome. But, so if you have questions for Nate, run those me, run those my way, run those by me. Um, but, um, magical places. I would not be interested in necessarily. So I was trying to think of like other places where magic was a thing. Right. And it was giving me regular world, like regular places and not like a fantastical place. And if I'm really just visiting and not like sign me up, I want to change my passport. I think it would be like a completely magical space. That's nothing like what I currently live as opposed to say, um, another one of my old favorites is practical magic. Love that movie. Sandra Bullock. She is a goat to me. Love so many of her films and Nicole Kidman. She's cool. I'm not like a particular fan or stan or nothing, but Practical Magic, one of my faves. And that's one of those things where I was just like, oh, you know, maybe there. No, it's like New England or some shit like that. It's just regular US and they just happen to be magical, uh, magical sisters. They come from a magical family. So it was not about the world that they were in. They lived in the regular world. So in this particular uh, context, Harry Potter would be the magical world that um, would come to mind. I thought something like, what about, um, not Princess Bride, uh, like never ending story kind of magic, um, fairies and all kinds of things. And I'm just like, "Mm." yeah, I think I'm, I think Harry Potter. And what's the word? Honorable mention phrase honorable mention would low-key be fifth element 
fucking love the movie. It's probably a top 10. Another one of those movies that whenever it's on, we just let it play out and you watch it from wherever. It has so many wild characters that a world that allows those types of like Ruby Rod, come on, a world where that is celebrated and um, given a platform, I'm fucking with. Um, I'm there. That is someplace that I would like to visit also for now this shit look dirty though i ain't gonna hold you it really looks like it could be like a believable new york city just because it's magritty it looks like it smells um and but like the advanced it was and what was interesting about for me what was interesting about fifth element was that while it was advanced, it wasn't like bright, shiny, new Jetsons advanced. It still kept the, okay, this is still a world that people live in. This is still, you know, a space. It's still a very highly, it's still a very dense populated city. So it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, fresh, modern, clean. It gets to also develop like New York, I can't see it getting cleaner. I can see it getting dirtier as more people move in, as more technology presents itself. And, you know, it just, it was one of those things that was like, okay, this kind of makes sense to me. I see what we're doing here. But that, I guess, juxtaposition of like fresh, new, modern technology with like the just real ratty kind of broken down New York that we all love that's that was of interest to me that was of note just it it just was really one of those spots that like kind of stood out in the uh list of fantastical movies of that had nations that don't exist that I would like to visit so I love starting at one thing and then ending someplace else. And in this case, I still was able to bring them together. So stay tuned for possibly a future episode of Geopolitical Noise. I don't know how I'm going to... uh, There's one path that I'm seeing that I might be able to take with that. But um, again, that's just going to be me being me, having fun, just like reading a bunch of shit and then making it a conversation. Um, But I'm curious, where would you want to visit? Where would you want to experience? Because travel is more than vacation and it's so much more than just the destination. So a lot of times you can go someplace and experience it like I wanted to visit uh, Scotland because of Made in uh, Made of Honor. However, you got places like the world where Fifth Element happens, where it's not even about the destination for me. It's more if this is what the people are like, this is what the world is. I'm kind of interested in getting a feel for that society, for that culture. Like that is 
interesting to me. Same with Wakanda. It's not the fact that it's like Wakanda. It's what Wakanda represents. It's the the space of and and ha huh, great difference a distinction in Wakanda didn't give that gross gritty it's a shit ton of us here we're all packed on on top of each other even though we've got all this modern industry it doesn't stay new and shiny it just Wakanda you know it kind of just bleh, does its thing we've got the technology but people are people and Wakanda is very much opposite to that and it is fresh, clean, advanced, and welcoming. And that also is a really interesting um, concept of society and culture that I would love to put myself in the midst of and be able to partake, to get a feel for. And they black as shit. So I want to be with the black. I want to be where the black people are. Um, Oh, I kind of had that on like another mini tangent that I had as an option but like a lot of Disney movies also consider all how different movies allow kids even to formulate a a feeling if you will for certain destinations like for the majority I'm going to speak in terms of me and my experience as a kid. I can't say that I was ever like excited about cold weather destinations, although I loved going out to play in the snow. I was more interested in sun, sand, beaches. You, I always associated um, vacations with islands, tropical destinations. But imagine watching Frozen and really losing your shit over Olaf and the whole want to build a snowman uh frenzy that ensued and now you've got kids that are excited to go to cold weather destinations and not just for like skiing and stuff but just because oh frozen you can actually be happy in the cold like you can just walk around and be fine yeah coats wow cool vacations like even something like um aladdin or Little Mermaid, I was just replaying the song in my head. Would I want to live under the sea? Would I want to do like a a lost city of Atlantis kind of thing? There's actually another movie we're going to watch about. It's a horror movie. They find like some, like a perfectly preserved house underwater and they're like deep sea divers or some shit like that. But I got to save that for like a Sunday morning or like a Saturday morning when I can watch it when the sun is out. Because I can do scary, but... Yeah, I got to be feeling real bold to watch it at night. But underwater destinations, like would I be interested in, I won't say living under the sea, but in say a, not Little Mermaid cosplaying, but like a little, like if there were like a Little Mermaid vacation destination of some sort that just lets you live underwater or like vacation or you know spend time underwater would I be fucking interested I'm not there yet but it's worth a thought so I'd be curious what are your thoughts what are y'all all interested in and have you been inspired to go anywhere in particular based on a movie or a show that you've watched and have you also gotten caught out there thinking that someplace was actually real and then you realize it was made up for a show 
let me know. You can always email me at dcarry at travelandshitpodcast.com or find me on the social medias. And I've got all my social media handles in the description box so that you can get there easily. All right, y'all. Hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye.